Isn't Pooh Bear cool? Oh my gosh. I, get, I never get tired of Pooh Bear, you know. In fact, uh, Joy and I are, are almost empty nesters. Our daughter, Sophie, just graduated from high school. And we decided to change the carpets now. <laughs> we said, we're not changing the carpets till the kids are out. And uh, so we had to move all the stuff out of the rooms. Can you imagine? I mean, four bedrooms full of stuff. We've accumulated for, since I left Fishers of Men 15 years ago, over 15 years ago. We had to move all that stuff into the living room, into all the open. And guess what? I, who I found? Pooh Bear. He was in a closet somewhere. And he had to come out because I had to be reminded. It's important. Those symbols. Those symbols for our children. The cross is a symbol that we come every Sunday to be reminded of God's grace and mercy for us, isn't it? Symbols are very important in life. They strengthen us and encourage us. Today we're going to have Holy Communion. It's, 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 it's God's presence among us, but it also serves as a symbol of our faith. Amen? As I was thinking about that, I was thinking about my time with you today. And um, I want to share a brief story with you. Uh, you know, I was talking about to the children about having a childlike faith. And, and I have a message for the church today. Um, and I hope, I hope you receive this out of love. <laughs> but I think I have a message for our church today. And as I was thinking about this message and the message that God had put on my heart for you today and for us today, actually, not just for you, but for us. The title of my sermon this morning is Jesus, is Jesus Calling His Church Again. And the question that God is asking his church, he's actually asking each one of us. But in a collective way, he's calling everyone this morning. And as he asked his first, our first parents, he's asking you and me this morning, Lonnie, where are you? I believe that God is calling his bride, you and me, his church, fishers of men. And he's asking us a question this morning. He's asking us, where are you, fishers of men? Where are you? Why are you hiding? Where are you? That's the question we're going to wrestle with today. And as I was thinking about that, I don't know about you, I was talking about, you know, I was thinking about the kids this morning and, their, and our message for them. And, and I, I think sometimes in life, I don't know if it's true for you, but I know it's been true for me in my life, I get a little too big for my britches. And there's times in my life where I get a little too big for my britches with Jesus. I think there's times in the life of the church where the church gets a little too big for their britches. And we find ourselves in a place where God in his mercy, he comes to us and he says, where are you? Where are you?
And so the story I want to tell is, uh, uh, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. When I was in college, I'd been married to my beautiful wife, Joy, for not very long. It was always less than three years because my son hadn't been born yet, my, my oldest son, Luke. My dad and mom, they come over to Austin to visit us. We're in our new apartment because we're about to have a baby, and, and my dad comes, my mom comes, my, dad, my, my, da- my wife is there, and my dad and I, we have a tradition when we get together, we barbecue. That's, that's what you do in Texas with your dad, right? You get the barbecue pit out, you get the mesquite out, and you get outside, and well, back then it was, we had a few beers too along with it. And uh, I sat there with my dad, and uh, I started to lament to my dad. I said, Dad, enjoy this, enjoy that, enjoy this, enjoy that. Can you relate, Dad? Especially talking to my dad about my wife and how she wasn't meeting my expectations. And you know what happened? Lonnie got too big for his britches. (laughs) And Lonnie forgot who he was talking to. Lonnie forgot whose presence he was in. I was in the presence of my father. And my father is a good father. And rather than him saying, Oh, yeah, let me tell you about your mom. He goes, no, son. He rebuked me. And he said, son, I don't want to ever hear you talk about your wife again, like me, to me like that again. He said, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and if you know Joy, some of you know Joy, she's a princess. There's nothing Joy can do that's wrong in my opinion, son. So don't you ever come to me and start complaining to me about your wife. Instead, get your britches on and go in there and you talk to her yourself. Lonnie got a little too big for his britches. He forgot who he was and he forgot who he was with. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus is calling his bride again. He's calling his church again. And he's asking us, where are you? And let me tell you why he's doing that in this time, in this age, because I believe the church has got a little too big for our britches. I think the church, and I'm not just talking about fishers of men, okay? (laughs) But I'm talking about the church at large. We've gotten too big for our britches. We've forgotten who we serve. We've forgotten about God's presence, His divine presence. We've forgotten who's in control. (laughs) And we, I'm just speaking for me. Sometimes I just tell God this, I got this, God. I don't need you. I got this. And sometimes I believe the church says that too. Oh, we're smart enough. 
We've got strategies. We got all these things that, that we're, we got this, God. We don't really need your presence. And the church finds itself in a place where it's gotten too big for its bridges. And God calls us in his grace and his mercy. Amen? My dad showed mercy to me. Because he could have he really, he could have gone in and told Joy what I said. <laughs> There's so many ways my dad could have handled it which have brought me down in a hurry. But instead, my dad showed me mercy. And in our story today, in part of our story, we're going to go from Genesis, and then I'm going to, I'm going to send this to, to, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But in, in, our, in our text today, and, I want, and I, want to, I want to start with my first point this morning. My first point this morning is, his church is gripped by paralyzing anxiety, inner conflict, and apathy. I'm going to say that again. His church is gripped by paralyzing anxiety and inner conflict and apathy. If we go back to Genesis, we see the fall. And we see God in their presence. And Adam and Eve got a little too big for their britches. <laughs> they wanted to know good and evil. And so they partake of the one thing. They can have everything, but the one thing they can't have. They thought, well, we can handle it. <laughs> and so they go and they partake. And all of a sudden, where do they find themselves? Hiding. Hiding. Hiding out of fear and shame. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters in Christ. Our church, our churches are, are not a place to be full of anxiety and full of shame and guilt. And, but when we get too big for our britches, that's where we're going to find ourselves. And Jesus is coming to his, 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 his symbols, I mean, real people, Adam and Eve, but symbols of humanity. He comes to them and he says, where are you? I mean, God could have just smitten right there, done with, done with humanity. They can't do the one thing that I ask. They can't surrender to one thing. And they go off and they think they got this. And all of a sudden, they're gripped they're paralyzed. That's what sin does. Sin grips us and it paralyzes and it keeps us from fulfilling the one purpose of why we're here. And that one purpose is to do the will of God. To do the will of God. To fulfill his mission until Jesus returns. But instead, the church with inner conflict is paralyzed, and we find ourselves apathetic. We're not, 
we're so paralyzed and we're so internally focused and there's so much internal struggle that we can't even take the first step into missions. Amen? And so God in his mercy comes to us this morning. He says, where are you? Where are you? And they finally come into the light. Here I am. And God goes, what have you done? By eating the forbidden fruit, we can't maintain this presence that we had. So the church is, is gripped by inner turmoil, inner, but God comes in his mercy in the, in the garden and he offers himself to them again. Now the story goes on, we know the story that God actually covers them. He covers their shame. And then they get banished from the garden of Eden with a promise. A promise that, a, that he would send someone who Satan would strike his heel, but he would crush Satan's head. And we know that person to be our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I'm going to switch us now to 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, I don't know if you guys remember this, this story, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is a church full of conflict. They had backsliding members. <laughs> they couldn't get along. So, so Paul rebukes them in, in the book, first, first Corinthians. I mean, he's harsh on them. And then he, re, he writes them again in 2 Corinthians, the second letter. And in that letter, he draws them back in. So 1 Corinthians is really a letter of rebuke. 2 Corinthians is a drawing back in. And so if we find our church gripped with paralyzing anxiety and apathy, then the answer, there is a solution to grasp, uh, grasping for hope again. Will the church, Christ's bride, grasp for hope again? Is Jesus our only hope? And I love what it says in verse, 2 Corinthians verse 4, because if you look at the context of this, in 2 Corinthians verse 4, it says, you guys have it up there? Let's see here. 2 Corinthians verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, I'm sorry. Therefore, having the ministry by the mercy of God, do not lose heart. Because here's, here's, here's the reality. Without the gospel, without Jesus, there is no hope. But with Jesus and his mercy, there's hope for the church again. 
And God is calling us, as he did in the Garden of Eden, he's calling us back by his mercy. And what is mercy? Not getting what we deserve. And God calls his bride back and he calls us back and Paul's calling the, the, the broken, conflicted, backsliding church of, second, of Corinth. He's calling them back and he says, therefore having this ministry, this service among each other, by the mercy of God, by God's kindness and mercy shown to us, do not lose heart. Church, fishers of men, personalize it, Lonnie, don't lose hope. Take heart, because I make everything new. And if we read on later in the chapter, which was our epistle for today, read on in verse 13, it says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been uh, written, I believed and I spoke, so also I believe, so also I speak. And so God, by his grace, has come into our presence again, as he did with Adam and Eve. He came into their presence, he called them back to himself by mercy and because of his love and his faithfulness. He calls them back to God is calling his church, fishers of men, back to himself. And when he says, where are you? It's actually mercy. Come on. And it says here that he gives his church today the spirit, the spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believe. Will the church believe again? Will the church believe again that God, that Jesus is our only hope? All of our strategy, all of our technology, everything that we have is not the hope. Church, what the hope is, is Jesus. Amen? Come on now. Let's get back to truth. Let's get back to letting the Spirit guide us. Let's get real. And let us say together this morning, Jesus, we need your help again. There's no way we can do this, God, without your help. Will we be honest with God this morning? Will we be honest with the people we love the most this morning, each other? And will we say together, God, Jesus, we need your help. We can't do this without you. We might have all the bells and whistles, but we can't reach one more last soul without you. Jesus, help your church. Help your church come alive again. Revive us again this morning. And then it says in verse 14, knowing that he who has raised Christ, raised the Lord Jesus, will also uh, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with him into his what? Presence. 
hey guys, here's what it's all about. The Holy Spirit is here right now to lead us to where? To the presence of Jesus. One day, some have gone before us, but one day, each and every one of us, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the one purpose of the Holy Spirit is to guide us, to push us, to direct us, to help us go. There he is. There he is. Church, push us, guide us, direct us, help us. The scriptures call the Holy Spirit the helper. Go to Jesus. I, I, I don't know if you realize, but I'm, I'm kind of passionate about this this morning. It says, for it is, all, it is all for this sake, so that by what? Grace. So that as grace extends more and more people to more and more people, it may increase in what? Thanksgiving. He, see, we're here because God wants to use us so that more and more, more and more people might be willing and able to ask God for help so that they one day, like us, might come into the presence of Jesus. And let me tell you what a community looks like when there's people coming into the presence of Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit because of the work of the church. Thanksgiving, praise, hallelujah, excitement. Yes, Jesus, you did it again. God, that's why we're here this morning. We're here not, for, not, just to, not just to be entertained this morning. We're here for one purpose and one purpose alone because we believe Jesus is here with us by his spirit. Therefore, we will praise and give him thanks. Faith in the risen Lord. And so that's my third point. Gathered with thanksgiving. Sorry, Bob, I'm totally messing up these slides this morning. Gathered with thanksgiving. And I've already addressed verse 15. And then I want to close this morning because I think I need to close so we can have communion. I was thinking about like, not having communion because I, I knew my sermon was going to be long this morning. But the team said, no, that's not usually what Pastor Braun does. <laughs> but i got to close this morning. I'm going to close with this. That the church, his bride, needs a new rally cry. We need a new outlook on life. And Paul gives us this new outlook on life. And if each and every one of us would believe today that God is calling us in our, where we're at right now to live out this new outlook in life. And if we read the last verse there, 2 Corinthians 4.18, is it up there, 4.18? As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, and the things that are unseen are eternal. And so what if our new attitude is this? Am I fixing my eyes not on things seen, the pres- my present circumstances, but on things unseen, His presence? What if the church stopped looking at our circumstances and started looking for the presence of God in our midst again. Where there's thanksgiving, where there's praise, where there's faith, where God is sitting on his throne again. Where God is sitting on the thrones of the hearts of his people again. 
where God's people agree that we need a help and we're here to help those who are not in these seats yet. And so, by God's grace and His mercy, He says, where are you? (laughs) Will the church say, here am I. Here am I. Here are we. For the world and for the sake of the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's rise.